In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints of God, the text takes us back 1,987 years and a few months to a debate between Jesus and the scribes and the Pharisees in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, you guys can say to me, now, Pastor, don't we have enough debates now to worry about? I mean, aren't there enough debates happening at this very moment for us to give our attention to in Washington, at the Supreme Court, just down the street, at our own capital and in our own city? Aren't there enough fights happening now that we don't need to go back to this old fight. Don't we have enough to worry about with the pandemic and with fires and floods and elections and nominations and civil unrest and the great sort of reshuffling of the world that we're experiencing right now? Well, I want to suggest to you that this fight between Jesus and, and the Pharisees, this argument, what they're fighting about is, is more important than any of our current fights. And the winner of this debate matters more than any debate that we might have in the upcoming weeks. What was it about? The Pharisees were challenging the legitimacy of Jesus' ministry. They said, by what authority are you doing these things? Now, what are they referring to? Probably they probably still have in their mind the events of two days previous or one day, the day before, when Jesus came into the temple and overturned the money changers. That was, excuse me, not on Palm Sunday. That was on Holy Monday, the day before. They probably have in mind when Jesus drove out all the sellers with a cord of whips and said, you've turned my father's house into a den of thieves, which should be a house of prayer for all nations. That's probably chiefly on their minds, but also the teaching of Jesus. Remember, it notes in the text, after the, especially after the Sermon on the Mount, it notes that Jesus, the crowds marveled because Jesus taught as one having authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus, in his preaching, would say, you've heard it said before, but I say to you, Jesus acted as if his words were God's words because, after all, they were God's words. And so the Pharisees asked, by what authority do you do this? By what authority do you claim to stand in the temple and teach God's word? By what authority do you cleanse the temple? By what authority do you act as if your words were God's words? Now Jesus answers, And we see the answer is a little bit of a riddle. We see it's in some ways a trick question that Jesus asks. He says, before I answer your question, you're going to have to answer my question. The baptism of John, was it from God or was it from man? And they didn't know how to answer. The crowds, remember, loved John the Baptist. It's maybe one of the things that we ought to remember about the Scriptures. We We sometimes lose this, that John the Baptist was probably, in his day, more popular than Jesus himself. I mean, remember when when St. Paul went to Ephesus 
30, 20 years after the crucifixion, he found disciples of John the Baptist there in Ephesus, this city there. So the word of John the Baptist had really spread. He was wildly popular, and the crowds loved John the Baptist, and they all considered him a prophet. So Jesus says, John the Baptist, was he a prophet or was he not? Was his baptism legitimate or was it not? And the Pharisees and the scribes are stuck. They don't know how to answer. They don't want to give John any legitimacy because after all, John pointed to Jesus and said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So they don't want to give any legitimacy to John, but nor do they want to deny that of John because they knew how popular he was and they knew that the crowds would revolt and so they simply refused to answer the question. They say, we don't know. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it from earth? And they said, they discussed it among themselves saying, if we say it's from heaven, he will say to us, why then do you not believe him? But if we say it's from man, we're afraid of the crowd for they hold John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And Jesus said, then neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. But, but here's the thing I don't, I, I want, I want us not to miss because we, we I think we, we read this like a trick question. Like Jesus says, if you're not going to answer my question, then I'm not going to answer your question. So you're out of luck, buddy. I'm not going to tell you guys anything. But in fact, Jesus does answer their question with his own question. When Jesus says, by what, uh, John's baptism, was it from heaven or was it from earth? Jesus is saying, my authority to do these things comes from John. I was ordained by John. John the Baptist, the last of the prophets of the Old Testament, is the one who put me into the office of Messiah. In other words, Jesus is pointing to his baptism and saying, my authority comes from that moment. When the Holy Spirit descended from heaven, that is when Jesus was anointed, christened as the Christ, Messiahed as the Messiah, and put into the office of the Savior of the world so that the things that Jesus does, his teaching, his miracles, his works, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection are all done rightly. He has the office, the calling from God to do these things. Now, this is important. One of the problems that we face in our own day, and even in, and well, maybe also, let me just speak for myself for a couple of minutes. One of the difficulties I have, and I think it's, I'm a child of my own age. I grew up when, when I grew up, and I lived where I lived. And one of the results is that the idea of office doesn't matter as much to me as it does in the Bible. The idea of, of being called to do something doesn't matter to me as much as it ought to according to the Scriptures. I think, well, if someone can do it, then they ought to do it. It doesn't matter if they're called to do it or not, you know. But that is not the mind of God, and it is not the thinking of the Scriptures. It's not the thinking of the church. I remember reading this very powerful uh, discussion by Martin Luther. It's how he starts his commentary on Galatians. And he says, one ought not to preach or teach unless they've been called to do so. 
Luther says, even if I have the ability and the capacity to go to a town next door and to preach the gospel to them and to save them and rescue them from the lies of the devil and from, and from the corruption of false doctrine, even if I could do it, I should not do it unless I'm called to do it. Because unless you have the calling of God, unless you have the certainty of being put in the office, you cannot have the confidence that God will bless the work. And so this question from the Pharisees is in fact a legitimate question. Jesus, do you have the authority to cleanse the temple, to teach the people, to be the Messiah? And the answer that we have here is yes. Maybe one quick parallel. We'll finish with this idea. One of the questions that I'm often asked as a pastor when people will visit other places, for, for example, for the Lord's Supper, and something will be funny or strange about the way the, the, the church celebrated the Lord's Supper, and so I'll, I'll be asked, Pastor, was it really the Lord's Supper? Was it right? Was it valid? Was it true? I remember... <laughs> Well, I, I remember my mom called me one time. She, she went out of the service and pretended like she was going to the bathroom and called me and said, is it really the Lord's Supper or not? <laughs> Trying to figure this out. Is it valid or not? This is a question. Is the baptism valid or not? Is the preaching valid or not? Is the, is the Lord's Supper valid or not? Is the absolution valid or not? Well, this, this text takes us right to the cross of Jesus and said, was that valid? Did Jesus have the office? Was he doing what he was authorized to do by God the Father? And the answer that we have is yes. Jesus is truly the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one put into the office by God the Father through his baptism in the Jordan River so that all that he did is true and it is true for us. His suffering his death, his resurrection, his ascension to the right hand of God the Father, all of these things are true and valid and good so that we can rejoice that Jesus is truly the Christ of God, the Messiah. May God grant us this confidence that as we see the, the work of Jesus unfolding, that we rejoice that that is also for us. May God grant it for Christ's sake. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.